The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you. And he said to the crowd, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told him a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and goods. I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray. Be with us now, O Lord. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts and voices that overflow with praise and thanksgiving to you. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Over the past three weeks, we have been preaching from the book of Colossians a beautifully written letter by the Apostle Paul intended to build up and encourage the people of Colossae as they faced enormous and relentless political and cultural pressure challenging them to turn away from Jesus. In chapter two that Rhodes preached from last week, the Apostle Paul encouraged the Colossians not to give in to the pressure of the Romans or to give up their faith, but to view the world through the lens of their faith. He reminded the people that Christ had already defeated the powers of darkness and that Jesus had already reconciled all things to himself. Paul advised them to continue to live their lives in Christ, overflowing with thankfulness. This advice perhaps added to the people's confusion, their uncertainty, the pressure that they were feeling because after all, Paul was in prison because of the message of the gospel he proclaimed. The people were missing the point that Paul cared deeply about the good news of Christ and Paul believed that it was the only hope that they had for the future. 
just as Paul invited the people to view their circumstances through the lens of their faith, Rhodes invited us to do the same. For when the people of Colossae and ultimately us view our lives and the world through the lens of faith, sometimes our or the world's circumstances do not change, yet we begin to see things from a higher perspective. We hear the good news of the gospel that promises that we are never alone in the midst of life. That same gospel proclaims that life does not end in death but in resurrection. And the gospel that is never content with hostility or oppression or opposition toward one another but is always working toward reconciliation. As we begin to look through the lens of our faith, new life and voices of hope come forth that we have not seen or heard. And despair becomes replaced with grace and our hearts begin to overflow with thanksgiving. This is a transition Sunday for us as we concluded the sermon series from Colossians last week and as we look forward and toward Confirmation Sunday next week. The series may have ended, yet the message still stirs in my heart the image of hearts overflowing with thankfulness caught my attention last Sunday. This week, I thought about what could happen in us and in this world if we were to intentionally flood our lives with thankfulness. And what better way to transition than to offer an opportunity for us to worship overflowing with praise and thanksgiving to God through our music, through liturgy, and a letter to you written from one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 145 that you heard earlier written in the spirit of the letters from the Apostle Paul to the church of God called St. John's in Salisbury. This letter is for you and for me. It is for us. And I start the way the Apostle Paul writes many of his letters. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I write you this letter, dear sisters, brothers, and siblings in Christ, so that together we can acknowledge the greatness and goodness of God, echoing the theme we heard in Psalm 145. It begins, dear friends, we praise you O oh God, and we bless your name every day now to eternity. 
We will never be able to completely understand all your ways, yet God, you are great and greatly to be praised. There is no limit to your greatness, O Lord. We will tell of your wonderful greatness to our children and our children's children and they will stand in amazement of your work and proclaim your mighty acts. We see your work. We see your goodness through the works of creation. We see the stars and the moon that you suspended in space and how amazing and complex they are. We think of tadpoles that change into frogs and caterpillars that transform into butterflies. And the miracle of human birth is one of your greatest mysteries. All these events and more point to a design that could only be the work of you, Creator God. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. You do not anger easily and you are rich in love. You are good to all people and your compassion extends to all. We look for your goodness among the ordinary things and the people of this world for your goodness is there. We thank you and praise you for what you have done and what you continue to do. You are just and kind and near to us always. Nothing can separate us from you, O oh Lord. We thank you for the ways you work in our lives. You can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. You hear the cries of your children and watch over all who love you. You can do supernatural miracles in our lives, but mostly you come to us through other people. Our mouths are filled with praise for you. Our hearts overflow with thanksgiving. And may every living creature bless your holy name from now to eternity. Scripture is clear that we are to be marked by our gratitude as people who have experienced the grace of God. We all have stories to share from our life and the difficulties of our life, and God uses them as a way of encouraging others about God's love, God's presence, God's power, and God's faithfulness. I know there are some who wonder how the people of Kentucky can be thankful when at least 25 people have died and thousands more have lost everything they had due to the raging floodwaters. Or as the war in Ukraine continues day after day with the death toll of civilians killed or injured, that is now over 12,000 lives 
overflowing with thankfulness? How can people overflow with thankfulness at the death of a child or over the loss of a job or over the betrayal by someone they loved? Let's not pretend. It isn't easy. It is difficult, but not impossible. We may need to be the ones to be the presence of Christ to others. We may have to model that God's grace is sufficient no matter what is happening in their lives or in the world. We may be the ones who offer praise and give thanks to God on others' behalf until they are able to do it for themselves. We may have to wear the lens of the gospel and look to the cross and find hope from the death and resurrection of Christ. Or we may be the ones with hardship that is bearing down on us. Cry out to God, God will hear you. Reach out to people who can help or to people who are resourceful and can help you receive help. And if you can, find a way to praise God even if just a little bit in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your fear. We can, the church can help you as we gather every Sunday morning, as we sing praises, as we hear the word of God proclaimed, as we spend time with each other, and as we bear one another's burdens. The goodness and greatness of God is beyond anything our human minds can grasp. But please do not misunderstand me. I am not saying that in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your difficulty, in the midst of your fear or struggle, that you should maintain a positive mindset at all times. That is neither healthy nor good. What I am saying is that in the midst of your circumstances, God is with you and God hears you and that there is unmistakable power that stirs when we praise God. God's love, God's grace, and God's faithfulness is sure and it does not change. And it is available for all of us. Christ reveals God's love through his life, his death, and his resurrection. And for that and so much more, we sing, we say, and we offer worship that openly and strongly says, thanks be to God. Amen.